Ryan, I kind of want to start with basketball, but we can't. We have to start with the trifecta of football coaches. We are minus. I know you're a guy who covers University of Oklahoma, so my question first is going to be, how many people have you already heard say, is Brent Venables leaving now that there are openings out there? Yeah, I think the you know the biggest path to that would be uh, you know if Dabo Sweeney takes the Alabama job, uh, and then uh, you know obviously you would imagine that Clemson mm-hmm. would at least uh, have Brent Venables on their list. So I don't think there's uh, a whole lot of people uh, panicking or, or freaking out about that quite yet, uh, because I think there's several other. Uh, really high-profile candidates for for Alabama. That uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I think Dabo Sweeney would have been the uh, very clear yep. number one choice there. Now, not so clear. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But a very interesting day yesterday for sure with uh, two of those departures you mentioned, and then obviously Bill Belichick today. Just uh, crazy to think that uh, none of those guys are going to be coaching football next year, although it's not going to surprise me if Bill Belichick winds up somewhere else in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. All right, so before we go on to Oklahoma, what about Pete Carroll? Here's the interesting thing about me at Carroll. Carroll is about the same age as Nick Saban, but has the energy of a 10-year-old. And said yesterday, I'm not done, wants to do things. And, yeah, he kind of accepted the advisor role, which kind of seems like he just, you know, shook the hand and walked out. He still wants to coach, I would think, too. Does Pete Carroll stay in the NFL or go back to college? Yeah, it's not going to surprise me if he uh, winds up at another NFL job, but uh, I, I would be stunned if he came back to college just with everything that's uh, involved in that, the recruiting, uh, things like that. I think it's much harder to do that uh, at, at that age. Uh, than, uh, you know, coaching the NFL, which is just a, a lot about, uh, you know, uh, more about football mm-hmm. than, anything, than, the, than all the other stuff. So uh, it, it would stun me if he came back to college. But, you know, if any if anybody in their 70s can do it, it's <laughs> Pete Carroll. Because like you mentioned, it doesn't, doesn't seem like he, uh, he ever ages, uh, he, even though uh, certainly he's not immune to it, just like anybody else. But, uh, uh, you know, he still has a very high level of energy that, you know, maybe maybe could let him do that. Yeah. Ryan Aber with us, our OU Insider here on the Blitz 1170 at 738. I'm Rick Corey. Bryce Hulse is with me as well. You can text a question if you'd like to the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. Before we leave the coaches thing, Dan Lanning is, of course, being mentioned as well. So I'll ask you two more things about that. Who do you think the top list name is at Alabama? And then I had a text question here that said, oh, well, if, say, Lanning goes, would then Dylan Gabriel go ahead and go with him because the you know, portals opens again when your coach leaves, blah, blah, blah. Any, any thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, certainly that would be something to watch. Now, I think a big part of why Dylan Gabriel went to uh, Oregon was because of the geography in addition to the fact that they're a, a national championship contender next year. Uh, so I think he would certainly think about it. Uh, but it, it would certainly be, it would be interesting to see if that happens because uh, the, the options for him on the West Coast would be uh, pretty limited unless he decided to go to Washington, which would be uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, fascinating uh, there. So 
Uh, it would certainly be something to watch, but it, it wouldn't wouldn't stun me if he didn't wind up following uh, Dan Lanning uh, to Alabama if that should happen. But if he did, it would be awfully interesting mm-hmm. uh, for that game in Norman next year. For yeah, sure. it, it would. And you know, it, the thing is, that kind of interests me when I when I thought about that the first time. We had a texture to ask about it as well. Dylan Gabriel, to me, kind of fits as an Alabama quarterback. I mean, I know Milrow is going to be back. I mean, that's if he doesn't go to the portal. But, you know, that efficiency, yes, he can run, but he doesn't have to. And he just he kind of fits that mold to me. All right, so before we leave football, let's talk OU, Oklahoma football. They've had a couple of other people say they're coming for visits. A couple of other big names say that. They had more, more portal success. I mean, things right now seem to be going pretty doggone well up there. Yeah, they they really do, and, and you know it's a big get to get uh, Jake Roberts, the uh, tight end uh, from Norman, who uh, had played at North Texas and then Baylor uh, over the last few years, and, and really needed to to restock the depth at that position. I think it's going to be one that's going to play a bigger role in the offense moving forward with what Seth Luttrell does. Obviously, Jake Roberts familiar with uh, with Seth Luttrell from uh, his time at North Texas, but they still need to add uh, a little bit more on the offensive line, and they've got a couple of really big-name uh, possibilities there. Terrence Ferguson from Alabama, an interior guy, and uh, Lance Hurd from LSU, who's more of a, a tackle. If they can get uh, certainly both those guys, but uh, even if they get one, they, get, they feel really good about how that offensive line uh, stacks up. But I think that's their biggest uh, the, the biggest focus for them in the portal right now is adding a couple more pieces on that offensive front that got uh, got rearranged, especially by the loss of Caden uh, uh, Green mm-hmm. up there. So still a, a lot of movement to have with the uh, football roster for sure. Yeah, and you know with 30 days open for those Alabama dudes, hey, hey look out. There are going to be a lot of people saying, come take a look at us. 741, Ryan Aber, OU Insider with us from the Daily Oklahoma. We'll find out what he's writing here in a couple of minutes. First of all, Bryce has a question. Yeah, Ryan, about uh, last night's game against TCU, you know, I know one of the issues uh, for the Sooners was foul trouble. There was one point in the second half, I remember, where Hughley was on a really good stretch, but he was gassed and he had to come out of the game and then immediately Sam Godwin gets his fourth foul. And so Porter Moser has to throw Hughley back in there in terms of foul trouble, especially within the bigs. Where where do you think that ranks in terms of, you know, one of the more glaring issues, few glaring issues uh, that OU has? Yeah, it's uh, right up there, you know, to to see what happened last night uh, on on Saturday against Iowa State, you know, they had to sit uh, Otega away for a, a big portion of the first half with foul trouble. They've got to figure out a way to get past that because once you get into Big 12 play, things get more physical and those foul numbers uh, start to climbing up. So you got to do two things. you got to shoot free throws well, and uh, you've got to avoid them on the other end. And, and Porter Moser talked about that a little bit this week with the differences in the block charge and how he's change the way that he teaches uh things like that and they've uh they've they've got to figure some things out over there because that that problem isn't going to go away on its own uh with uh how college basketball is uh, now how the big 12 is but they had they had some other issues last night couldn't uh, shoot very well uh from the perimeter 
Uh, TCU really hurt them, especially in the second half with those, some of their threes, uh, even though they didn't finish with a great percentage and then uh, just couldn't uh, find a way to slow down Emmanuel Miller especially uh, in that second half when things went south for them. So overall, I mean, this team obviously is playing very well. They were right now. It's been a bloodbath in the top ten. They're not the only ones to lose. I mean, I would point at uh, UCF beating Kansas and say, well, you know, that's certainly a bigger loss than Oklahoma at TCU against the oldest team in college basketball. But when you look at this team, who has been really fun to watch so far, what piece are they missing? What do they need to really clean up? Well, I think the, the the biggest thing is one they need to get Otega Owe going again. Uh, he had a, another uh, another game where he struggled a little bit uh, uh, last night, but I think they're missing a consistent interior score uh, that you know hasn't been there. Obviously, you know last night Ugly uh, had uh, had a decent scoring game, but haven't been uh, super consistent there. Um, Sam Godwin scored a lot early, and then and it didn't. Uh, so I think that's that's one thing uh, that they're they're missing out there. And then just uh, a, a shooter that can uh, can hit shots from the outside reliably, consistently. And you know, obviously McCollum's been really good. He hit uh, five three pointers last night, but uh, they they could use a guy who can score both inside and outside uh, on this team to keep defenses honest a little bit right now. And and with the Big Twelve like it is, which is going to be really really good, you look around and you see okay, so Kansas lost. That's going to refocus them, but they're obviously really good. Everybody has been that way so far. Um, you see a power three right now because I to me it's been really interesting. You know, here's an Iowa State team that wins at home pretty easily. You've got a, a danger. Of course, Houston, who's obviously really good now. UCF wakes everybody up. You've got a dangerous team at Baylor. I mean, who's the best three? Uh, that's that's really difficult to say right now. I mean, I I still think that uh, Kansas and Houston are on different planes than anybody else, even with their losses this week. But uh, you know, it's it, it certainly those aren't going to be their only losses in this conference because it's uh, it's it's deep, it's physical, and uh, can uh, can really test teams. But I I I think that uh, you know the when you look at that third slot, I think Baylor is a, a team that's rising right now with the way that they're playing. Mm-hmm. I think got a, a big win uh, this week, and uh, you know I think Baylor, OU, and Texas I think are, are right there in that next uh, next three uh, groupings. But uh, you know I think those teams are much closer packed together than uh, the top two, which I, I still expect to be Kansas and Houston uh, at the end of the day. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens over the course of this Big 12 schedule, including a, a very interesting matchup that got even more interesting last night hmm. on Saturday up at Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. You know, I did see one tweet that said, you know, look at that. Uh, Nick Saban was about to have to come to Norman next year, and it scared him right out of college football. It, it will make <laughs> it will make next year really, really interesting. So what are you writing today for the Oklahoman? Well, today working on a couple things. One, mentioned that uh, Saturday game against Kansas, uh, writing about uh, OU's losing streak in Allen Fieldhouse. It's been a long, long time since they've won up there. It's been uh, since uh, February of 1993 uh, since they got a win in Allen Fieldhouse, and this will probably be their last chance, at least in a long time, 
to do that. So writing about some of the close calls uh, during that streak, because there have been several, obviously the, the 2006 uh, double overtime game, 2016, excuse me, double overtime game, and some of the other close ones that they've had up there, especially over the last couple of years. And then uh, also writing another story on Zach Alley that uh, hopefully will run whenever they uh, finally make the official announcement that he's their defensive coordinator. I don't uh, anticipate there being any uh, hiccups to that, just get some paperwork things uh, lined out, but uh, talk to uh, uh, at least one of his former players uh, who had some really good and insightful things to say about who uh, OU's new defensive coordinator is. Yeah, you know what? That is, that is kind of almost fallen by the wayside with all the other news. We saw the name early. It kind of seemed like that was the entire focus, and it kind of went, eh, yeah, we'll see what happens. As you've dug into him a little bit, what have you found out? Yeah, I think he's a, a guy that uh, the, the players that uh, he has really take to him because of his personality. He's a younger guy. He's only 30 years old. Uh, talk to uh, uh, Quay Drake, who was his uh, best defensive player this year at Jacksonville State. I played for him at ULM as well. So a guy who's really familiar with Zach Alley and said that uh, uh, he's, a, he's a player's coach, but he's not afraid to, to get on to you. Uh, he says the biggest things about his defenses were uh, how versatile they could be uh, how multiple they could be, and that's something that really OU lacked this year. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, I think in the first year of the Brent Venables Ted Roof uh, defense, we saw some, them do some different things, and this year really didn't see that until the Alamo Bowl when they changed some things up defensively. So I think you're going to see a lot more of uh, different kinds of looks uh, from the Sooners uh, this year coming up than you did in 2023. Yeah, I didn't see a lot of good in-game adjustments, I thought, and I think maybe hopefully this helps. Ryan, always interesting, always fun, but, man, what a day. It's gonna it's a good day to do what we're doing for a living. Thanks for your time, uh, and stay warm out there. I will do it. Thank you so much for having me on, as always. Have a great weekend. You bet you. Ryan Aber, Daily Oklahoman. You can catch him right there in the newspaper.